So when I did my therapy, it's like, it just really opened my eyes to, oh yeah, when you start getting honest about things and you stop hiding things, that's where I believe you can be the most confident. I always say like confidence always revolves around truth. So if you're constantly Mm -hmm. faking it, guess what? Confidence can't live there. Welcome to the Mindset Coach Academy podcast. I'm Lindsay Wilson, and I am a high-performance mindset coach, a mom, a former professional athlete, and an entrepreneur. I help coaches and high performers optimize their mindset to improve their coaching, their performance, and those of their athletes, and their lives. Here, you'll learn all about mindset, how to live it, how to teach it, and how to sell it. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Kristen Shepchunas, who is a confidence coach. Kristen works with professional athletes, a lot of women athletes, uh, Olympians, world champions, NCAA All-Americans. She was a former Division I swimming coach and athlete, and now takes her message to really athletes, coaches, and everyone all over the world. So I got to sit down with her today and talk about confidence. And you know what I really loved about this conversation is... I think a lot of the things that Kristen teaches are really simple things that really all of us can take into, you know, really all aspects of our life where there's the pressure to perform. And we really talked about that normalizing fear. And, you know, so many of us are taught to like not be fearful or just be mentally tough or suck it up. And she talks about that behind the block moment where as a swimmer, you're behind the blocks, but it could be any of us in those pressure situations and really talking about and again, normalizing fear. And she has some really cool techniques that she teaches. So I'm going to get right into it. I know you're going to love this episode and Kristen Shepchunas. All right, guys, we got Kristen Shepchunas in the house. Hi, Kristen. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining us today. So you call yourself a confidence coach. Is that right? Correct. That is right up our alley with so many of our listeners. And of course, I always had a special place in my heart for women that are talking about women and confidence. So I think we should just get right into it. Tell us a little bit about, you know, I did your bio ahead of time, but tell us a little bit about what you're doing and and what your sort of mission is, if you don't mind. Yeah, of course. I come from the swimming world. I swam and coached for many, many years. And now I just work one-on-one with Mostly female athletes, 95% of my business are women, but I also work with a few men as well. So yeah, work one-on-one as a confidence coach, just really helping athletes uh, handle those pressure to perform moments, handle those, you know, fears and doubts that come along with that. And then I go across the country and I speak um, about confidence to athletes and to people in the business world. And so when you're talking about, I'm, I'm always, we have a lot of, we have a lot of coaches that coach women and it's probably because that's what I'm gravitate towards. But I also think that there's something about those coaches that understand fundamentally that women have, you know, I think men and women do have a lot of the same things, but I think it manifests itself a little bit differently. I don't know if you agree, but tell me a little bit about your experience with women, women athletes in particular, that maybe is a little bit different, or I guess maybe the better question is like, what do coaches of female athletes and or parents of female athletes, anybody trying to help female athletes, what do they need to know from a performance or confidence issue? Oh gosh, there's, there's, that's a big question. There's lots to go there. Let me say, first of all, I coached college for 13 years and I watched 
16 in all, but 13 as a college coach. And I watched women never be the priority. So I kind of made a decision when I started my business that I would make women the priority because they just never are. But anyway, you know, I think, well, I will say every time I speak and there are men in the room, almost always, because I talk a lot about fear and doubts and stuff. And without a doubt, every, every time at least one man, you know, comes up to me and they're just like, we have the same fears and doubts. We're just better at faking it than women. Yes. But I think there's a lot to it. I mean, obviously, like I think our brain generally is different. I mean, we have 1200 thoughts going on at all times. But I also think that there's, I think I was just saying this recently, I think we're also taught that we're not as confident working with men and women. Something that's really popped up lately for me is that, for example, if I work with a swimmer, a guy and a girl, like with the men, if they have a bad swim or something doesn't go right, a lot of times they're told, hey, you need to work on your stroke or your turn or something that's fixable. Um, right. with women, almost always, if, if there's bad performance, it's a, it's your confidence. You need to work on your confidence. You need to work on your confidence. And it's just like, I mean, so many women have come to me and they're just like, my coach tells me to, I need to work on my confidence, but they're not telling me how, like, they're not telling me what right. to do, you know, to help that. So I think it's also been ingrained in our brains, especially as athletes that, you know, we do have this big confidence problem. Do you see any, um, differences between individual sport. I'm just thinking of like the social component. I mean, so much of the research has to do with like the thoughts that women have is like caretakers and as the people that are like worrying about people around them. And, and I'm just wondering if you've seen any difference between women that, I mean, everything's a, a team sport essentially, right? But still there's like the component of the individual sport and the team. And I'm just wondering from a, a female confidence perspective or performance issues, if you see any difference between the quote unquote individual sports versus the team sports, or if, well, if anything, the main thing, you know, cause one of the biggest fears of a woman that, that I've run into in the last 22 years is we're afraid to disappoint people. And mm-hmm. what I've seen with team sports is this huge fear of letting their teammates down where mm-hmm. in individual sports, it's not as big of a deal because it's you like you're yeah, on your own. Right. There's nobody there to help you. So for sure that fear of disappointing their teammates is a lot bigger in team sports. But other than Mm -hmm. that, everything else is pretty much the same. Do you ever see the flip side of that too? Like the idea of subconsciously not wanting to be the best, you know, like that idea of like the Goldilocks, I don't want to disappoint anybody, but I also don't also want to be the best. So I'm just going to like stay right in the middle. Do you ever see that with your clients at all? Well, I think that there's, you know, I mean, There's no guarantee in sports. I mean, that's what makes sports so scary because they're, well, and there's Mm -hmm. so little guarantee in life, really. So it's scary. And I think a lot of people, and and let me say, the reason why a lot of people won't do sports is because they want to be comfortable. And every time you show up to a game or on the blocks or whatever it may be, you have to risk failure. Most -hmm. people don't want that because that's uncomfortable. So absolutely... I think that there's, you know, I've definitely run into self-sabotage plenty of times where it's like, Hey, let me stay here in my little safe zone because then I know what's going to happen (laughs) instead of really risking it and seeing what could possibly happen. Yeah. I find that like fascinating that like a lot of the coaches that I've dealt with because they, I mean, you were a coach, like the college coaches are generally like 
competitive high people that have either they don't feel that as much or they're not aware of it. And so when they have an athlete that's like self-sabotaging, it's like, why would you not want to be the best? You know, as a basketball player, so it's like, why would you not want to score 30 points a game? And it's like, there's that underlying fear of being better than your teammates. I never, you know, that was like, I wanted to be the best. So I, I don't necessarily get that, but I do understand the fear, you know, that comes along with taking a risk and, and trying to be that 30 point player and you fail. So mm-hmm. I would rather stay here in my comfort zone right. and not feel that disappointment of failure. Yeah. So, and then there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast that are mindset coaches, because we certify mindset coaches. And so I'm interested in you as a entrepreneurial woman, how these types of things that you teach, as we know, and that's why we're passionate about sports is this is the stuff we practice in life. And I'm wondering how you either work on your own mindset or this stuff pops up for you as you grow your business or public speaking or just wherever it sort of manifests. How are you sort of practicing what you preach on a mindset side? Yeah, I mean, I think two things. First of all, yeah, I am an entrepreneur and I'm a single woman. So like I'm on my own. So taking this, taking this, I mean, it was a huge risk for me to leave my nice, comfy, making good money coaching career to do this. So for sure, I had to take a big risk. And I'm just such a big believer that, as I said earlier, it's like, there's a lot of tips and tools on how to handle, how to handle and be positive and things like that. But a lot of times we're not getting to the root of the problem, which is what are you so afraid of? Right. Mm -hmm. And once we get to the root, then we can do some real work. So it's been, I went through counseling I believe it was 2012 because I was somebody who I had a rep to protect, like, let me hide everything and just put on this strong, confident woman, you know, outside while inside I was constantly doubting myself and full of fear, you know, and things like that. Mm -hmm. So when I did my therapy, it's like, it just really opened my eyes to, oh yeah, when you start getting honest about things and you stop hiding things, that's where I believe you can be the most confident. I always say like confidence always revolves around truth. So if you're constantly Mm -hmm. faking it, guess what? Confidence can't live there. So I try to be as brutally honest with myself as possible. I try to really face the fears courageously instead of putting my head down or running away from them. But, you know, with speaking, I I always say this when I'm speaking to people in, in business, because with athletes, when I speak, there isn't a whole lot of fear for me because I know they're going to get it. And, you know, it's my people. Then I get into the business world and growing up, one of my biggest insecurities was I didn't feel very smart, did not like school at all. And so as a little kid, not liking school and getting mediocre grades that equaled, you're not that smart. So I grew up believing I wasn't that smart. And I, I know I am now, I just didn't like school, but that insecurity pops up for me. So when I speak to people in business, I always joke with them because, you know, I look out into the audience and I see them as all these just brilliant people, you know, that are just so smart. And here's the moron stepping on, on stage. So for sure, before I step on stage to find the courage to step on the stage, you know, I have to get honest with myself about that and remind myself like, Hey, they didn't bring me in here to talk about algebra. Like they brought me in to talk about, this is what I do. I've been doing it for a long time and I'm believe I'm very good at what I do. And so just really kind of try to step into that truth when I'm afraid. 
Yeah. I love that. I mean, I think that it's so easy to just avoid all that stuff, right? Oh, hundred percent. Well, I'm just going to stay in the athlete world where I'm comfortable and I, I can hit it, knock it out of the park every time. So that's really cool that you're able to overcome that and recognize. And also just that it, that comes from like these deep seated stories that we have that aren't necessarily true. And, and who needs to be the smartest person in the room anyway, to have, like you said, to, you know, oh, you're trying to share a message that they need to hear. So that's really a cool process. So when you did all your therapy and stuff, when that sounds like some sort of transformation or, or yeah. seated work, was, were you still coaching at that point or was that for your business or was that sort of in a transition period for you? That was when I was still coaching. It was toward the end of my, toward the end of my career, but it, it's really probably what gave me the courage to walk away from coaching because I realized it wasn't necessarily the swimming that I was so passionate about. It was mm-hmm. the women and helping them with their confidence, you know, and helping them with life outside of sport because hi, that affects sport too, you know? So right. yeah, it was probably me getting honest with myself. Mm-hmm. Cause that, I mean, that's the main thing, right? Having the courage to right. be honest with yourself. Once I did that, you know, I mean, it took a, a year or so, but yeah, I mean, I was retired from coaching in 2013 and I did this stuff in 2012. So didn't take too long. Yeah. I'm actually interested in that transition because a lot of people in our community are, I mean, a lot of people come to us and what we do because they want to do mindset training for themselves or, you know, their athletes are struggling with confidence or competition pressure. And so they want you to use our tools for that. But then in becoming a mindset coach and starting their own business. And I, you know, I was talking about like, just make the mindset coaches because you have actually been doing this unofficially yeah. for a really long time. Yeah. And maybe you need some more structure, maybe you need some more tools or more like curriculum kind of stuff around it. But they've been doing this a lot of times reactively with just after game chats and that kind of thing. But what was that transition like for you? And how, how much did you use sort of your coaching experience transitioning into being an entrepreneur and, and a confidence coach? Yeah, well, I think everybody, let me say this, it took a long time. So I left I left Miami in 2013. I'll tell you, I was having a conversation with my brother and it was just at this point that I was realizing that swimming wasn't, I mean, I love swimming, don't get me wrong, but it, you know, it wasn't what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. And my brother kind of interrupted me as I was talking about all the things that I wanted to do. And he stopped me and he's like, you do know you're in control of your life, right? And I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't know, because you know, I had been coaching for 15 years at that point. Like I was right. a swim coach. Like what else do I do? Right. But it was just one of those moments of, oh my God, I am in control of my life. And if it's true that I only get one of these lives, like I don't <laughs> want it to, I don't want to spend it doing, you know, what I, I don't necessarily want to do anymore. So I ended up resigning. I was the head coach at the University of Miami. I, I resigned from there in 2013. The plan was to start the business. Well, as we know, as entrepreneurs, it is not an overnight thing. And so Mm -hmm. it was really rocky the first, and I was so burned out at that point, I needed rest. But honestly, like I, it was a hard transition. And, you know, right around the time that I was, oh my God, what have I done here leaving coaching? Because it wasn't necessarily working out the way I thought. I got a call from a guy who ended up being the head Olympic coach in Rio for the swimmers. 
And he was group working with a group of national team and Olympians, getting them ready for the 2016 Olympic trials and Olympic games. So he pulled me back into the swimming world for a year. And so I work with them, getting them ready, you know, for 16. And then I came back and having worked with so many Olympians and things like that, boosted up my resume quite a bit, but it still took quite a while because everything mm-hmm. I've done has been, I mean, it's been a grassroots, like word of yeah. mouth business. And so mm-hmm. it has taken a while. I, I always say it was like, I got to a point where I was like, oh, we're good. Like this is going to work great. And then COVID hit. So I was like, okay, well now I can't speak in person. You know, there were very few competitions. So I was scared that might take me down, but luckily survived that. And we're back, you know, where we were, but you know, I think you got to take a risk obviously, but also know, you know, it, it isn't an overnight thing, unfortunately, like it, it takes time and patience and work. Yeah. Is there anything you would have done differently looking back? Or could you have done anything different? I'm sure your, your job at Miami was pretty intense, but could you have started anything ahead of time? I'm just interested because I know a lot of our coaches sort of keep their day job for a little while, but I don't know if that, that was something you could even have done. Yeah, well, I started working with a coach of my own, like after the therapy and stuff. And she's kind of mm-hmm. the one that was like, you know, you'd be really good at this one-on-one stuff. And um, so for sure, I mean, I started offering my athletes before I left an hour a week where they could come in and just, I always say it was like either a 15 minute check-in or an hour of Kleenex and breakdowns (laughs) and, you know, just talking, just talking things out. So I did that. I also did some courses. I don't even remember what it was. It was a long time, 10 years ago, but, you know, did some courses and stuff like that. So I definitely did some preparation. I'm not sure though that I, because to be honest with you, when I first left, I wasn't sure what it was going to look like. I wasn't Mm. sure if this was going to be a, hey, I go work with a company. I start my own business. I didn't necessarily know. So it's just been over time that it's turned into what I want. You just knew you wanted to change. Oh, 100%. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Cool. All right. So moving back into like your athletes, we talked before we got online, we talked a little bit about like the pressure to perform and the fear and all that kind of stuff. So Talk about maybe like a typical athlete that comes to you and like what they're struggling with, how you help them, what kind of things are coming up and maybe even like a process if you, if you would of, of what works for them from an actual standpoint. Sure. I mean, I, what is usually holding people back is what's going through their mind before they walk into the competition or, you know, as swimmers, right. I always call it the behind the block moment. That's when you're feeling mm-hmm. the pressure, like what's really going through your mind. And let me tell you, it's some scary stuff going on there. But I think, you know, especially as athletes, we're taught to be mentally tough. And I think that we've all, I always joke and it's like, has anybody ever really given us the definition of mentally tough? <laughs> I don't know, but I do know we've all bought into the idea that it means no matter what you suck it up and you put your head down and you just keep pushing. Yeah. But that is not always the healthy route. And unfortunately, I mean, look at two, look at college softball in the last month. I mean, they've had three of their players commit suicide. You know what I mean? So it's just, my main thing is like, again, what are you so afraid of? Let's get to the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Wake up and be aware of what is going through your mind because it's those thoughts, you know, that are holding, that are holding you back. And again, I am not a believer in fearless, 
again, there's no guarantees. So I don't know how you walk into a situation that you've worked your ass off for it and there's no guarantee and you're supposed to be fearless. That doesn't even make sense to me. So it's really okay. Let's get honest about what's really going on. Get honest with yourself because they know. I mean, they've just right. been trying to avoid it at all costs. Right. Um, let's face it, look at it, and then understand how normal it is. Mm. Because what I've learned about fear is that everyone experiences it, but everyone also thinks they're the only one experiencing it. And when you mm-hmm. think you're the only one, you wonder what's wrong with you. You wonder if you're weak. You wonder, am I failing this whole mentally tough thing, you know, just miserably? Like just to understand, you know, I work with some of the best in the world. I haven't met one yet that, you know, is fearless up there when they're, when they're competing. So it gives such a relief to know that there isn't anything wrong with you. It gives you a, you know, them a relief to know that it's not a weakness. It's because they care and there's no guarantees. So, you know, then let's learn how to handle that fear. Let's get honest about it. Let's be prepared for it to come. And then let's learn how to handle it, which I'm a big believer. The only place you can really go in those scary times is um, truth. Um, I am such a big believer that um, because, you know, we've been taught the whole affirmation and mantras. I, I always say so many of my athletes have been they told me that from a young age, they've been taught, you know, I will swim fast today or I will do this today or I will, you know, whatever today. But the problem was that down deep, they didn't actually believe it. And I'm such a big believer that what we focus in on, we have to believe down deep because especially as women our down deep tells us the truth, whether we like it or not, you know, Mm -hmm. there's so many times where it's just like, okay, I got this. I got this. I got this. And down deep, it's like, "Eh, (laughs) I'm not so sure I got this, you know? So where we put our focus, it has to be stuff that we truly believe down deep. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that sort of just everything that you just said in the last like minute or so, like if we could all just like mind meld, especially like, well, there's all these different levels. Right. But I think especially like that high school to college jump, like how many people just kind of lose it, like lose their passion for playing and competing, lose their confidence, lose their sense of self simply because big fish in the small pond, the small fish in the big pond. And they feel like they're the only ones. They feel fear all of a sudden. Oh yeah. And they haven't felt it since they were 12 years old. And they don't remember, you know, they've always been the best probably, or they're taller than everybody or whatever. And they feel so alone. Yeah. And, and the problem with that is that, you know, they try, right. And they keep going, but walking into those games with those fears leading the way they don't play at their best. And every time you don't play at your best, it's, you know, the next time you go in, you're like, Oh God, I hope it doesn't happen again. Or what if it does happen again? You know, and it just gets heavier and heavier and heavier on them to the point that they go done. I'm out. Totally. Oh, I feel like that alone was one of the like biggest reasons that I started my company is like seeing so many people fall through the cracks because of that. Like they felt like they were weak. They felt like they weren't mentally tough. They felt like they weren't cut out for this. And it's like, you know, I don't know about my coaches, like, especially now it was like 20 years ago. They didn't, I don't know we weren't really talking about all this stuff, Sure, but it was just like sink or swim, figure it out, suck it up, be mentally tough, which I'm not against any of that. You know, like we, we all have to sort of 
pull our weight and, and, you know, and do the, do what we need to do. But the idea that like, we're not, like you said, not supposed to feel fear or that's a weakness or any of that BS is, it's so counterproductive to someone moving up in their mentality to compete at a high level. Oh yeah. There's so much talent out there and it's just not even being dipped into because coaches don't know how to handle the fears and doubts. I mean, I, I just had a coach text me earlier and they're like, it's, I, I'm having a hard time even handling this. I can't stand, you know, hearing her and how, how scared she is. And, and, you know, she's, she's almost feeling sick because she's so scared and, and like angry at it. And I'm like, <laughs> why are you angry? Like help them, let them talk it out, you know? So it, yeah. But I got to be honest, you know, uh, you know, I, I swam in Tennessee in the nineties. We didn't talk about this stuff. It was a suck it up, put your head down and, mm-hmm. and do your best to just pretend all those fears aren't there, even though the fears are totally, you know, taking you yeah. down. But I mean, in my coaching career too, I mean, for sure, there would be things that I would do different because I kind of had that mentality, the majority of my swim career too. So mm-hmm. You know, well, what kind of things, I mean, I know you, towards the end, you were doing a lot more like talking about this kind of stuff, but what, do you have any examples of things you would have done differently as a coach? Well, you know, it's so funny because one, I remember one moment really pops into my head when I was at Miami, um, this, this girl on our team and, and, um, she had a breakthrough swim in the morning and in prelims. And so she was going in, this is at ACC's and She's going into the evening session, the finals, um, seated first, and you could just see the pressure, you know, on her and stuff like that. And, um, I went over before she walked up there to a race and I was so serious, you know, and I'm like, you got this or you, you know, the, yeah, I yeah. can't even remember what I said, which probably just put more pressure, you know, on her shoulders. Yeah. And she ended up getting, you know, out touched and, and getting second place and, came back and she was so devastated. And I, I always think back to that moment because I was like, Oh my God, I would do things so differently now. Like I would, I'd be like, you know, just reminding her of the truth and getting her to laugh and relax and understand, Hey, it's okay that you're nervous. Right. But let's remember you worked your ass off. You're a warrior. Like you're a fighter, you know, And, and the only thing you can do is show up and give your best. The good news is you know how to do that really well. You do that every yeah, day yeah. in practice, right? So just, you know, such a lighter, less intense moment yeah. um, could have changed everything for her. And yeah. I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. man. Well, we all have those moments. But yeah. that kind of reminds me, though, like how much, you know, essentially what you're talking about with that lighter feeling is like, the joy of competing, the joy sure. of sports. And, sure. and how much do you bring that into your, especially I, I imagine the higher level, you know, if you're talking about Olympians and people yeah, the, the really high le- professional levels. I mean, I know I saw it a lot in college too. Um, are you seeing that as sort of an antidote to some of this pressure? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, when you're miserable, <laughs> you're probably not going to be, you know, performing at the level that you want to be. Here's the deal. Like I've never met any elite athlete that doesn't have a love hate, you know, relationship with their sport. Right. right. You love it. That's why you do it. That's why you're committed to doing it every day, but you hate it because it brings stress and failure and disappointment. And, you know, right. so I really believe it is just kind of this love, hate, and you're going to go through times where there's a lot more love and you're going to go through times where there's a lot more hate. 
I think getting to a point of let's at least keep it even, <laughs> you know, or let's right. keep it a little more on the, you know, love side of things, you know, that's where um, I think you can perform at your best because when you're in hate mode and don't want to be there and, you know, you're just in such a crappy, you know, place, it's really hard to perform at your best in those moments. Mm-hmm. What is like, um, when you're talking about that, like pre-competition, do you teach anything? I know you talked a lot about um, the behind the block moment. Do you teach anything? Um, is it is it client by client or do you teach anything sort of um, typically that helps people, you know, prepare for a race or a competition, that pre-competition mindset piece? Is there anything that you teach in particular or do people kind of come up with their own things? Well, everybody's different for sure. But, you know, this truth that I'm talking about and putting your focus in on truth, like that's what we really work on is, okay, in those moments, because I'm a big believer you're going there, you're going to the yeah, fear yeah. and the doubts that you're going there, you just can't stay there. So where right. do you go? But let me say this, the reason that I say that is because so often when we go there, we go, oh, no, no, no. And we panic yeah. and go, oh, I'm in a bad place. It's over, right? I'm going to play yeah. bad or whatever. I'm nervous. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, okay, what if we get to a point of, hey, I'm there. It's normal. I don't know anybody that doesn't go there, but I also know I can't stay there, right? And so really figuring out where do I go in that moment? And that is just, you know, for, you know, what I teach is it's just filled with truth. Because truth is a place where you can find some stability and feel like you're kind of in control of the situation. Because when you panic, you feel very out of control. So just really creating, okay, who am I? You know, I know exactly what I'm doing. You know, they're reminders of truth that you know down deep. That's really Mm -hmm. the place that I try to get people to go. So it's their work that needs to be done. So you know, a lot of times before competitions it's say, okay, let's get honest about the negative stuff going on, write it out, get it out of your soul. Cause when it's big in our heads and overwhelming, it feels very powerful. When we get it out onto paper, it's like, oh, okay. Scary. Don't get me wrong, but manageable. And mm-hmm. then, Hey, let's find some truth and perspective to all these thoughts that are going through our minds. So you're prepared as you walk into the competition with the truth. Yeah. Um, so two things I'm I'm interested in one, you just wrote a book, correct? Correct. A little bit about that. And then I also want to hear a little bit more about the confidence nuggets. I was looking at that stuff. Yeah. Um, well the book is just, it's called 30 days to confident and, um, it is a, a book for specifically for female athletes. And pretty much what it is, it's just a short confidence lesson for 30 days and then just some challenging questions trying to get you to be honest, you know, with yourself. Um, It was funny because I, somebody told me to get on like TikTok, yeah, TikTok, you know, and stuff (laughs) like that. And back then it was, you only had 60 seconds to like say something. Well, I'm somebody, you know, I need a few minutes to really talk things out because I don't like to do fluff, you know, and things like that. But I I was able to get 60, like I was able to get a good point out in 60 seconds. So it kind of made me think of a, Hey, what if I did a short confidence lesson? That's really powerful. And then, you know, ask some questions. So that's kind of how I came up with this whole 30 day, you know, kind of, kind of thing. Um, and then the confidence nuggets. Um, yeah. So I, I said, um, you know, in those scary moments, we need reminders of the truth. I have these bracelets um, that um, 
are reminders of the truth, you know, little bracelets. Well, it all started one of my Olympians back in 16. Um, she used to write down 10 reasons why she was going to swim fast before every competition. And, you know, when she was feeling fear, that was her truth. She could go back to those 10 reasons why she's going to swim fast. So anyway, she ends up making the Olympic team. And so I made her this bracelet with 10 beads on it to kind of represent the 10 reasons why she's going to swim fast. And um, anyway, it helped her so much because again, you know, when we're scared, like, hi, I just need a reminder, you know, of who right. I am, why I'm prepared, you know, that I'm ready for this moment. So anyway, when she came back, I started just making more of these bracelets. Um, you know, I am courageous. I am enough. I am ready. Just little reminders on your wrist. So when you are feeling it, um, you know, you have that truth right on your wrist. And we'll put it all and they're beautiful, by the way, I went and looked at them today. Um, we'll put it all in the show notes, but where can people find out about the book and the confidence nuggets and you in general? Yeah. My main website is coachkristen.com, C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N.com. Um, yeah, that's where all the info is. Cool. Cool. All right. Um, so I have five rapid fire questions. Is that okay if we finish with that? Sure. And, um, you all five of them. And the reason I did this is I've heard other podcasts doing it. And I always feel like those are the questions that I want to ask people anyway, because I'm always interested in what other people are doing in their life and what they're learning and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so are you consuming right now? Um, so I'm reading a uh, wolf pack by Abby, Abby Wambach. Oh, nice. Is it good? <laughs> yeah, it's really good. Um, and what are you creating? Um, so, uh, the bracelets that I was just talking about, I'm actually creating a smaller version of it because not everybody wears bracelets. So I'm creating a mini bracelet on a keychain so people can, athletes can put it on their, um, bags. <laughs> cool. I'm doing that for my daughter's preschool too. Um, <laughs> um, what is one daily healthy habit that you have? Running in the morning. It's, it's distant, more distant. for my mental oh, health yeah. than anything. Yeah. Do you still swim too or? Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, what's the next big leap for you in your life or business or? Um, I think, well, the first thing that pops into my head is, you know, kind of breaking into the business world with this stuff. Um, I'll always work with athletes. They are for sure my passion, but moving, you know, cause I, this isn't just an athlete thing. Right. So, um, yeah, m speaking a lot more to business people and possibly doing some one-on-one -on -one work with them. Like executive coaching kind of thing. Yeah. Cool. Um, and what's bringing you joy or wonder right now? Um, well, my dog, <laughs> I just love. Um, and I actually just, I bought a house, um, a couple of months ago and I have this beautiful deck on the back of the house. So I have just been spending way too much money creating my paradise back there. Um, so yep. that really just brings me so much joy. It's my happy place. That sounds beautiful. Sounds beautiful. We're enjoying the sun. I, like I said, I told you I'm in my car because everything's going on in my house, but I'm actually have some sun peeking through. So I'm actually getting hot, which feels really good after a long winter. So oh, yeah, I know you don't have that problem in Atlanta, but 
it gets cold here. I, I'm ready for warm. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Well, Kristen, this has been so much fun. I so appreciate uh, just your knowledge and your willingness to share. I know our listeners will love learning from you more. Where can they follow you on social? Yeah, I just have Instagram, which is coach underscore Kristen again, C-H-R-I-S-T-E-N. Thank you so much for your time today. This has been awesome. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. Ah, loved that episode. Loved that conversation. You can learn more about Kristen at coachkristen.com. But I love her little techniques for normalizing fear. And I think it's a good reminder for all of us to really talk about this stuff. I mean, we talk about it a lot, so much in our coach training and our certifications and in our masterminds, because, you know, as entrepreneurs, it's such a big part of what we do. But certainly with our athlete clients, you know, so many people just feel like they're so alone in stress and pressure and self-doubt. And I mean, how cool is it that she has things like bracelets that really help people just sort of get centered and that tangible reminder of all that we can do when we really focus on training our mind and not expect ourselves to to struggle or not expect ourselves to not feel fear and, and self-doubt and all those things that are so normal. And again, just a little reminder for all of us to continue talking about it and normalizing it. So we'll see you again next week. If you haven't yet, please subscribe to our podcast, rate, review, and of course, share it. We'll see you soon. Thanks for now. Hey, if you loved this episode, make sure to check out all of our free and paid resources over at positiveperformancetraining.com. You want to take mindset training to the next level? We got you. But here are three more specific ways. If you want to take mindset training and live it more in your life, definitely subscribe to this podcast. We send out bonus episodes. We have our mental Mondays. We have interviews and training episodes. Definitely subscribe. If you want to teach it, meaning taking it to your athletes or your clients, I highly recommend Psychology of Competition. Again, you can check that out at positiveperformancetraining.com. It is a great course that will teach you and your athletes how to have pre, during, and post-competition routines to up your performance. And if you want to learn how to have a mindset coaching business in order to sell mindset coaching, highly recommend signing up for our waitlist for our next certification cohort, which usually opens about once a year. But in the meantime, go to positiveperformancetraining.com and check out our ultimate mindset coaching toolkit. Well, it will show you exactly how to get started with your first mindset coaching clients. Again, go to positiveperformancetraining.com for all of our free and paid resources. 